sounds like you've protected yourself a lot from unwanted things that a lot of people in the trans community have experienced just by you, you kind of self-isolated in high school you're very choosy about who you would allow to you know yourself to spend time with and you had strong boundaries which boundaries are key Definitely. And I think I struggle with boundaries sometimes as well, too, because if there's something that I don't like or there's something that's happened, I just either like deal with it Mm. and I don't really like address that. I had a little bit of a situation relationship wise, and I feel like there's always going to be a little bit of a, a hurdle sometimes in relationships. It's not perfect. And so with that, I definitely learned so many life lessons as far as like being able to stand up for myself. And that was something that I also struggled with as well, too, is standing up for myself being a younger kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very hard Mm -hmm. to take the time to stand up for yourself. And I think that that's why I kind of just ignored everyone else and just like stood in my own lane and just kind of did what I thought was appropriate because I didn't want to worry about confrontation. Or if somebody did say something, I'd just deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... From my understanding, your parents have always been like really supportive. Oh my gosh, so supportive. I feel like it's rare, at least traditionally. I agree. There's a lot of people out there within the LGBT umbrella, the trans community, and even if you're just coming out as gay, like so many people, like the stories that I've heard of people literally being kicked out of the house Mm -hmm. or being able to, like, I don't know my next step. Like, I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going to be. I have to sleep at a bus stop. All of this kind of stuff that people have to deal with that you just don't realize until you hear it for yourself. And it's just so sad. So I'm very, very, very fortunate for my family. My mom and dad, my sister, they've always been by my side through everything. My mom is one of my best friends and she's my life coach and everything that I've needed for myself. She pushes me to be a better individual. And I think sometimes I struggle with that. And so to have her by my side, it really makes a huge difference. And that really is so positive. I went to your drag show. She was there watching you as well, which was so cool to see. So cool. I think, and it's funny, you know, guys, I know it's a little bit uncomfortable maybe for a straight guy to walk into a gay bar. But mm-hmm. I'm trying, trying, trying to get my dad to come and see me at one of my shows. I show him videos and pictures, and he's still super supportive, and he thinks that the talent that I have is so cool, and I'm fortunate to showcase it in Minneapolis, and that's so awesome. But my mother, she's brought her sisters and her mom and everybody else to my current bar that I work at right now, which is Lush, and that's over in Northeast Minneapolis. Everyone showed up one day to a brunch, and that was probably one of the most special days that I've ever got to experience because Mm. the love and the support that they showed me, and maybe because I don't spend as much time with my family just because I'm so busy within the community, that they had that opportunity of coming and visiting me at a show was just so rewarding. So I really appreciate all the support that they had as well, too. That's super cool. Yeah, definitely. As of late, there seems to be more pushback on the trans community. And it, sure. um, there's everywhere from biological males playing in female sports to locker rooms and the way people might feel uncomfortable. Speak to how you feel about that. You've been in those situations. I know you talked about sports before. That's a good question. And I feel like when it comes to that kind of stuff, I'm not really well versed. And that's just me being honest. I never had the opportunity of 
being in a situation like that. And I feel really bad for the people who are in those situations and they don't have the opportunity of fulfilling themselves Mm -hmm. in something that may be strictly for men or strictly for women. I honestly think that if you show up for what it is that you are interested in or what you have as far as a passion goes, regardless if it's a male or female sport, because I think that anybody can have the opportunity of doing whatever they want, whenever they want. That's a really good question. I guess I really haven't... Yeah, delved into it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's complicated because when I see it from your point of view... I understand where even a young kid or a kid in middle school being in boys gymnastics felt foreign and being in girls gymnastics felt a lot more natural to you. And so that was frustrating. And on the flip side, I see biological males who have transitioned have been in boxing, for instance. I think that's cool. So, okay. So yes. um, Okay. So one more time, biological men. Biological Biological male have men have been competing in female boxing. So there was a specific incident with Balan Fox as the, the um, male to female when she was in a boxing match. And because of her biological male statures, typically stronger, the, the makeup's different. Correct. And the other female ended up with a cracked skull because he was a lot stronger became she. Correct. Yeah. I think to be honest with you, if it were something that were open, I think it'd be cool if they had specific sports for trans people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think that that would be really cool because like you are saying, yes, a cis male, their physique is a lot stronger than a cis female. And so having that in your life, I think is a little bit more tricky and it's almost like that female had to pull back or should have pulled back to mm-hmm. take away some of like that strength that she had. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just so it made mm-hmm. it fair. Right. It's yeah. good to talk about. I really it is. Like it's, I said, I haven't dove into any of that kind of stuff. I don't know why. Very interesting. It is. And it's super nuanced, right? There's not like a an easy black and white answer. And I think that's one of my biggest frustrations with current society is... Sure. People either think A or B, it's mm-hmm. black or white, and right. there's all these stipulations that come in and kind of throw the conversation into another way. So I look at D as when you were a young boy as Derek and thinking, well, yeah, it, it would have made sense for you to play female gymnastics. Like that just makes sense. Right. And then you think of adults who are competing in certain sports, like the, the swimmer who has beaten all the records in female sports, uh, uh, male to female. I think that's so cool. She's cis male, but... Transitioned. Right. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Yes. And so for females who have been competing in that sport for a long time, and for someone to come in and just like blew everybody else out of the water, right? they're feeling frustrated by that. And a lot of people in the community are saying, well, that's that's not biologically fair, Right. Maybe not biologically fair, but at the same time, if this person identifies as female and they happen to be trans, I honestly don't think that they should be outed for any reason because they had the physique of a male and maybe carry on some of like that strength, but 
taking that away from someone I don't think is super fair, if, if you know what I mean. Say this person comes in and does take all these people out of the water because they're just so good at what they do. Good for them. But I don't think that they have to be outed, for instance, or even if it wasn't a trans person per se, and this, this woman was just built better than maybe some of the other women on the team, and that person just took them all out of the water as well, too. You know what I'm saying? And just really did a great job. Yeah. I think it's fine. I, 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 I get what you're saying. And just as devil's advocate sure. to show kind of the other argument, like picture you went to school on um, athletic scholarship and you are trying to compete and you, you, you're you doing well, you're doing well. And then in a female sport and then a biological male who's transitioned to female comes in and everybody who is right here gets pushed back and and this person's skill levels up here right because of the physique and so that has been happening in a, in a number of sports and so i think that's part of what's giving the trans community a pushback which is unfortunate cuz it's it's such a small piece of it but it's also changing the way in which sports are being conducted and definitely and, and so where is it that line that people are able to compete with people of the same structure. Sure. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. And I feel I would personally like to be well-versed on all of that kind of yeah. stuff. So I have more of an opinion. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe right. my old soul doesn't but- <laughs> kick in for that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, can, I can see where you're, I understand what you're saying by all of that. And I think let them compete. Let them do what they want to do. And I think that it's sad that, that we have a pushback because of something like that. And I don't think we necessarily should, per se. Had you ever experienced anything in, like, going out in public? Have you, with, with like, public restrooms, anything like that? Have you ever been accosted or has anybody mistreated you? Anything? Um, I think when I was younger, before I transitioned, I had more of an uncomfortable feel to it. Okay. Especially in the men's restroom where I know for a fact that I was not going to stand in front of a urinal. That felt so very uncomfortable for myself. Um, And it was definitely just like not a gender norm that I saw for myself as well because that just was uncomfortable. So I would just use one of the stalls just like maybe anybody else who is struggling with being trans or not really knowing how to navigate like a restroom, for instance. I did get some weird looks when I would walk into a restroom, but I never had anyone actually physically say something direct towards me, or I never had anybody do anything that made me feel personally uncomfortable or victimized. And then once I realized that there were family restrooms, I could be a family with myself. And so I just started doing that instead. Right. And it made it a lot easier. I think it was the first couple of years of me being female, I started using the women's restroom. And then after I transitioned medically is when I felt super, super comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I do this thing where when I'm out in public, I kind of like play around with my voice. So when I'm out or when I'm performing, I kind of use a little bit more of a higher register in my voice. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I can kind of just turn it off when I get home and I don't have to worry about feeling like I have to talk super feminine around like my oh, personal family. You know I what want, I'm I want to hear it. So as far as like, I mean, like right now I'm doing the best that I can as okay. far as like just having more of a feminine voice. Mm. But then when I get home, 
I have, I just drop it because I don't even care at this point. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I don't, I mean, I don't really care that people hear that that voice in me, but it's nothing that I shoot for. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Definitely. So yeah, the restrooms, I think that that's something a lot of other people struggle with as well too. Personally, I haven't been a victim of something like that, but once I transitioned and I had a lot more smoother features on my face and I had those physical changes where people would look and not really question any of that kind of stuff because it was easier for them to realize, Oh yeah, that's a female. Mm -hmm. And I really wouldn't talk in the restroom or do anything like that. And I just made it easier for myself as well too. Yeah, for sure. That's great. You haven't had a lot of experiences with that. Do you have uh, friends, people in the community who have confrontations? That's a good question. I might not be something that they should share. I don't think so. Really. I think it's a little bit more personal. And what we, what I have as far as like a lot of like the venues and places that I go to, they've got all gender neutral, like restrooms or like, for instance, you walk into the bar that I work at and the restrooms are all individually closed with doors that lock and you can't see underneath or above, which I think is super cool because it Mm. gives the privacy for anybody to use the restroom and not have to worry about, Oh, it's so uncomfortable to, to be in here next to like a cis female when I'm trans and they may not know that, but in your head, there's so many other things that it's going through that you're really not like sure on, you know what I mean? Right. So no, I personally haven't been a victim of something like that, which I'm very fortunate for. And I don't feel a lot of other people who have been very close with me have had something like that as far as like an issue, which is super good. I felt like you had mentioned something earlier about the restroom thing that it really triggered something I was going to say, but it'll come back to me. Oh, well, 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 definitely. We can revisit that. Yeah, 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 for sure. So when you made the decision to transition, you were, uh, you were adult, you were 18. Are you talking about when I medically transitioned or or when I like came out as when you started taking like hormones, yep. you were 18, correct? Yes, I was. Okay. Yep. And that was something that I wanted for myself as well, too, because I don't think my mother knew where to go with all of this. I don't think anybody in my family really knew what to do as far as like, hey, this is what I'm feeling for myself. I don't know really how to navigate this. I don't think my mother really knew how to navigate it as well, too. And so having... Joey, who is my partner in my life to kind of help navigate where to go and how to do things really helped me in my transition because he had already been going through it for four years. Mm -hmm. And so there's a clinic in Minneapolis by the name of Smiley's, gave them a call one day and I had set up an appointment to talk about this kind of stuff. And most of the time with people who go into a clinic and have any type of like transition or are going to medically change something that is super dramatic. A lot of the times is the provider of some sort will make you go through a lot of therapy and questions. And are you sure this is something that is right for yourself? And do you feel comfortable with this? Like there's a lot of questioning and things like that. Mm -hmm. And some people don't even get that until like a month on like therapy and like talking to other people to make sure that they are mentally ready for something that is so drastic. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until Joey mentioned to me one time, estrogen is probably one of the powerfulest drugs out there. Like I didn't realize how crazy it was prior to having testosterone run through my body. Mm -hmm. And then to have that go through my system is like, oh my gosh, this is not what I was expecting. But then also I tell myself, this is something that I would never want to change. 
and I would never, ever go back and do something different. Everything that I pushed myself through as far as like all of the, the blood work and all of like the testing and all of like the medications that I'm on, it's a, it's a huge change that I put myself through, but never, ever would I turn around and stop doing something like this because it's always made me feel so much more comfortable and technically like at home. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was, that's super nice. Yeah. And like the hormone thing, like I was, I was kind of saying that when you go in there, you have to go through a lot of processes and different procedures and things like that before they're okay to like prescribe you this, this medication. I went through and kind of just talked about what I needed to with them and they prescribed that medication for me the day of. So I actually got the medication that next day and I took it the afternoon and I kind of planned it out so I could do it on that 12, 12, 12, 12, which was super cool. And I was very fortunate that I didn't have to go through anything else. And I don't know if it was the way I explained it, the way I looked or what it was that I did that made them so comfortable just to say, yeah, you, I guess it's ready and it's time for you to transition. I was a teacher for 12 years in high school, predominantly in alternative schools where a lot of my kids would my students, I still call them my kids. I love that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, my babies. They would consider themselves as they didn't really fit in with the grain. And we were this, this kind of like group of misfits alternative school. And many of them were always exploring with just who that, who they were. Sure. And we had a number of kids who began wanting to use different pronouns and one day they might feel male next day they might feel female sure and i know that that is very real but when i compare the amount that i was seeing it in school and where these kids were at it looked a lot more like teenage experimentation to me as opposed to knowing you when you were younger yeah it was like Oh, she's, she's going to be a female. Like there's no question. And so I I wonder about the cultural impact of when the message is being encouraged to young kids that you can pick your gender and you can go either way, how confusing that could be. Oh, I think it's very confusing. I think it's harder than you may think too. And I think in a day and age now where this is a lot more normal and Trans people have been walking on this earth since day one. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And they may not have been out. They may not have been comfortable enough to say something to everyone else because it wasn't talked about. And I'm very fortunate for the times change that you're able to feel comfortable in your own skin as a trans person, or even like you were saying, some of these kids not really knowing how they identify or what their next steps in life are. But you personally saw this firsthand with your students being able to see the comfortableness and show them that it's okay to kind of like experiment with that. And it's okay to be comfortable one day looking like this or one day looking like that because I I think because it's so important and it's so talked about now that so many other people at such a young age and even all these kids feel a lot more comfortable to kind of play around with it because they see it more on TV and they see and hear about it on radio or whatever it is specifically it's being talked about and even at a young age, they're they're smart enough to pick up on that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Do you think that's confusing at all? An otherwise kid who would not be curious about gender, do you think that there 
is any kind of encouragement to consider that they might be another gender, if you know what I'm saying. I think so. So, for instance, if there was somebody who doesn't really identify or know their gender, and there's somebody else who does, is that what you're kind of saying? For instance, if, okay, when I was a kid, I was a big tomboy. Like, okay, like, sure. Room was wall-to-wall Michael Jordan, right? Love that. Yeah, but I also was completely boy crazy. If I grew up in this day and age where it was very widely talked about, about how you identify with or what kind of clothing, I feel like that would have been a little bit confusing. Like, am I not female enough? Correct. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's okay, and I don't see anything wrong with that. For instance, I personally, at a younger age, had feminine stuff all in my room as well, too. I I very much lived in, like, this girly fantasy and whatnot. But at the time, I wasn't really attracted to men. You know what I'm saying? I still kind of was like, I feel like it's normal for me to like girls. Like, that's just the normal. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I personally not really knowing who I identified with. I think that that definitely can be confusing because even when I was in high school or even middle school, for instance, I had girlfriends, but it just didn't seem right. Right. I felt like these people were my best friend. Right. You know what I'm saying? Versus just like, oh yeah, you're so cute. Like I want to do stuff, but it's so funny. (laughs) It's so funny (laughs) that that's the case because I am definitely attracted towards somebody who is trans or somebody who is also maybe under maybe a butch category in feminine features. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's very tricky. And I feel like I'm very fluid with my gender. I am transgender, but at the same time being more pansexual, like I like the person for who they are and what okay. they have to offer versus you're a boy. I like a boy or your gender is yeah pretty much definitely i think that that's super important mhm and would you say your partner is of the same thought process like same? yeah and we've had this conversation before as well too where he he's definitely more and he's admitted to me before as well too if he had a choice he sees himself as more of a gay male and i personally see myself as I can't say lesbian because that's not technically the right term, but if I had to push it more in that direction, I would say I fit more in like that category if anything, Mm. but the two of us just talking openly, we both just like who we like for who they are. And I don't think that you have to be with a certain person because of a certain reason. If I thought that there was a straight guy that was super cute, great. I'll go talk to the straight guy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I don't really care. Yeah. We're definitely like-minded in that as well too, which is super cool. So what do you think about there is this whole new section of people who are identifying as furries? Okay. Have you, have you heard of this? Followed this? Okay. I have. So the first thing I thought of when I heard this was if I were part of the trans community, I would feel very frustrated at this movement because I feel like it starts to water down the reality of what you have dealt with as a person living in the wrong body. Correct. Do you, have you done research on this? A, a bit. A little bit? Yeah. Uh, personally, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's weird? Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is such a good topic. I think this is super fun because in the LGBT community, there are people under 
the trans umbrella, the bisexual umbrella. There are leather people who are interested in leather and like, um, is that like S and M stuff or very similar? The leather community is very much so supportive of anything. I think it's a lot more being comfortable and a little bit more edgy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Okay. My partner was a part of a leather group and they do a lot of like, they raise money for different organizations. They do a lot of fundraising. They do great things for the community, but all of them are in leather and they wear leather. It's kind of like their suit of armor. Like you a biker gang saying? kind of. But... I would say very similar to, okay. yeah, kind yeah. of. I wish I was, I had more information mm-hmm. regarding it and saying that my partner was a part of a a leather group and I don't know that much about it. It's kind of like, Oh, oops, I feel like yeah. the shitty person, <laughs> but yes. So okay, we don't have to have all the answers. We don't <laughs> No, please. No, not all the answers. <laughs> and then there are so many other groups, but like this, this furry thing, I know there are people who dress up like animals, but I, right. I'm not really well versed with this. Right. So it's, it's interesting that you bring it up. I knew about furries years ago because I, I, I worked with someone who talked about this, this group that she, she knew some people in this community. And to me, it was always about kind of sexual exploration and like dressing up and bedroom kind of thing. So it was like, okay, whatever. Right. Well, now it has started to come into the high schools and probably middle schools, but I know of just in this community alone, because I have friends whose kids go to this high school that people are dressing up as cats, dogs, and, and saying that they identify as a furry. Well, there've been sub several situations where someone who identifies as a furry will okay. bark at someone And the person who was barked at will say something back, probably in colorful language. And then the person who used colorful language gets sent to the principal's office. And what we're seeing is that the people identifying as furries are being protected. They're, they're being allowed to bark and meow at classmates. Like this is happening right now. This is so crazy. Okay. And my question for you is when these people, cause I know there may be like different types of furries for instance and the one thing that i know is what is it like a caricature costume like you know big bird or elmo or anything right. like that is it very like that <laughs> i mean it can or, be but in... i think so too or is it more or less like they have like a headband with like right and ears like on a tail. that's usually oh. what it looks like in high school got it one of the biggest reasons i wanted your opinion on this is because okay. i feel like this kind of rolls on a pendulum right so on the the far one side, it's like, nope, there's two genders. There's no in between and there's no, you can't. And some people see it like that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. And then you go to this very other far side and it's like, you can be anything you want, including an alien, an alien, a furry, <laughs> a cat, you can meow. And that's just who you are. And these are the voices that are the loudest. Are these the radicals on the right and the radicals on the left? Right. When the vast majority of us pretty much hang out in the middle. Like most people I know are like, do you whatever makes you happy? But it's these fringe ones that start to really take away from the stuff that matters in the middle. And it's so funny because there's so drastic on either side, but it doesn't, and I hate to use this term and it's not normal. You know what I'm saying? And it's okay to live in a world where something isn't normal, but you proceed with it as being something that you're Mm -hmm. comfortable with. I think it's sad that a lot of like the people in the middle 
of this pendulum, like you were explaining, are losing a lot of attention or sometimes they may have voices of opinion and they want to be heard as well too. Right. Why are these, is it because they're so different? Is it because, Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I just, I think that's crazy. But this, yeah, this furry thing, I don't, is it only human thing or did, did like real animals get involved with this? No, too? it's, I hope not. Uh, no, that's a whole <laughs> other thing. Um, <laughs> from what I understand, it's people who uh, feel like they most resonate with being an animal. Interesting. And so they dress up like them, they, you know, bark me out, whatever. And so most people think that is pretty ridiculous then it starts to make the real stories like yourself who were was clearly a female from birth on the inside like there's no question right. and and there's nobody who has ever interacted with you known you since you were a kid that would say otherwise in my opinion right they would all say like oh yeah she's she was d from get go oh yeah so many people say that and i know you're yeah. not the only person who who would say something like that for sure like i definitely like you can look at pictures and stuff like you see that transitioning happening already mm-hmm. and i had that conversation with my mom i was like you know what 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 stopped you from proceeding with this transition why didn't you proceed with any medical procedures or anything because clearly you saw that that was something that i was struggling with and she didn't really bring it up in conversation i don't know if it was because she was scared i don't know if it was something that she didn't really know how to maneuver or go about and so when it came time i was a little bit older and i had that conversation with her once again and i was like so do you do you still not know like what was happening like why didn't you proceed with me transitioning a lot sooner because that's what was going on Mm -hmm. she's like well i realized that it was probably not much i could do about the situation and she was also making it easier for me to personally make the decision to transition at an age where i felt that was appropriate as well too instead of her assuming and Mm -hmm. i get that Mm -hmm. but there are other people like what sets that apart from families who are letting their kids transition at age 10 Versus like where my, my family waited to a certain age for me to transition and not really give me that pre-transition, like maybe somebody other, other, other people who have experience with that as well. Well, I think it's amazing that you waited until you were an adult. I, I Definitely. Think even though I, I don't think you would have changed your mind either way because the, you've been who you've been for your whole life. I sure. would say the biggest fear people would have and what is probably very common is that kids are confused and trying to figure out who they are in their younger years. Anything from the way that they dress, how they behave, how they interact with other people. And to do something like that is so permanent, right? And there are tons of people out there who have tried to detransition because they did it too young of an age and they grew up and realized like, now I don't feel right in my own skin. Right. And so I think the fact that you waited until you were an adult was brilliant. I think your parents, I don't know if they had the foresight or if they just really wanted to make sure that you made that decision on your own as an adult. But um, Definitely. I think they picked up on it, for instance, and for sure they picked up on something like that. But then it was super important for me to officially make that a transition for myself in that decision as well too. Yeah. There've been some more pushback from the community. Like uh, I'll just give you some examples. There's been drag show readings at elementary schools. And, oh yes. Or even just like drag shows in general at schools too. Right. Right. And so I think 
that there seems to be such an integration lately with children in mm-hmm. the drag community. I've read a lot of people feeling upset about how they feel like it's being almost like shoved down their throat. Like I had no problem with it, but now it's going into my kids' schools and it's not that it's a, a trans person. It's because the culture that it comes with, which a lot of times if you go to drag show, it's risque clothing and sometimes can be very sexual in nature. Oh, for sure. I, I think I think they do a good job of separating that in the school versus how they be life on stage. Yeah, definitely. Maybe somebody who's performing in a show at night is going to wear something along the lines of yes, maybe something a little bit more lingerie like. But if you're going and doing something for like school kids or you're doing like like you were saying children's readings and things like that, I think having more of a drag costume, a gown, a dress, mm. a um like a pantsuit or something that shows maybe a dance costume, a little bit more of that drag, but it's not so risky like you were talking about. Right. I think I, I don't, I don't see an issue with that. And I'm kind of grateful too, because I think it gives so many kids an inside to a different world that they personally may not have experienced. And they have that to look forward to if that's something they're interested in. Yeah, for you, it's about representation, right? Correct. Yeah, definitely. Of the community. And as long as it's done appropriately, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, I think that that is the the line because I think there have been instances. This isn't on the drag community. These are on the parents bringing the kids. But I've seen videos of people bringing their kids to drag shows where they're giving their kids money to go put them up in the uh, performance G-string. You know, these are little oh, kids. wow. Right. So That's crazy. These videos end up getting viral. And so yes. it sends a message like, this is what all drag shows consist of. And they want kids to come and they want them to put money in the G-strings. And it's like, well, no, you're, you're seeing something that is not of the norm. That's of a more radical kind of situation where... I've been to drag shows. It's adults. It's definitely. I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because we actually had a meeting um, just the other night and they were talking about that as well, too, where we have different seatings of brunches. So on Saturdays, we've got our, our brunch and that's all ages. But here's the thing. We have to be a lot more conservative or just kind of like covered. So they're not experiencing like that sexiness. Got it. That we would show at maybe like a night show of some sort. And so we were we were having this conversation, this meeting that I was at, and they were talking about how it's super, super, super important that you have everything covered and you're wearing things that are more kid-friendly and kid-appropriate as well too because if somebody, like you were saying, snapshots a picture, that can get out and travel so far in such quick of time that – People are taking that and running with it, whether it's one picture or none. You know what I'm saying? Like that is definitely something that people see. And I think they almost do it in a way to kind of be mean in a sense to kind of like the drag culture. Now, the person who probably was wearing that outfit probably shouldn't have worn that outfit, obviously. But Or the parent who brought the kids. The kids to the drag show. Like that's that's your fault. That was a that was a of a sexier theme, not like a daytime thing. Correct. Or at night. Like Right. And that's funny that something like that would happen too, because most of the night shows usually are only twenty one plus, but I know sometimes what happens is some things do get a little bit more risky as well, too, during brunches 
even if there are kids there. I know we have to like watch our language and the way we talk on the microphone and Mm -hmm. the way that we look like it's supposed to be more dancey fun versus sexy and sultry at night. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know there were different things in place for the shows and I I think it's super cool. Yeah, I guarantee most people don't realize that either. No, and they just, I mean, they just look at the picture as, okay, they're having another drag show or whatever. But in these posters that we post on social media, it is kid-friendly, all ages. And then on Sundays, we do another brunch, and that's more themed. And then that's something that's geared towards 21 plus only. And then Saturday nights are also our night shows, 21 plus as well, too. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we have that. And it's something that brings other kids in the community who may be questioning their gender or um, don't really have an insight on like the drag scene, which is super cool, that they can still experience that at more of an appropriate cost. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And one of the things that I think with you is you've been a performer since you were a kid, right? Literally. I mean, yeah. from my parents' pool table to right. a real stage, you know right. what I mean? Saying like, I've, that's all I wanted for myself. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they hear about drag shows, they just automatically connect it with just overt sexuality and not see the performance part of it. I mean, if you yeah, go the to, art side. Yeah, if you go to Cabaret, the musical, you go to Moulin Rouge, you're going to oh see gosh. very sexy, I you know. It. Yeah, so good. Oh my gosh. Did you see that? Yes. Ugh, I would amazing. go every single night. Like, yeah. It's so good. And I have this thing where I would listen to the soundtrack for like months and months and months afterwards. And then I get tired of it and then I go back and listen to it again. But yeah, it was fantastic. It was. Definitely. I think that what a lot of people don't appreciate is the, the art in which Thank you. that's what it was. Yes. yes. Uh, like yourself feels what, when you're doing it and it, it's for them, it's just all about the, the sexuality part. Correct. Definitely. And drag is an art. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that are put into it that create this picture of like glamor and just mm-hmm wide variety of beauty and I was talking with someone the other day about it and it's crazy because you live this lifestyle as as your individual person and when you go on stage as a drag entertainer you're creating this persona that's not real per se you know what I'm saying where people's hair is all the way up to the ceiling and the co- the, the costumes and the outfits are just not normal looking, like they're just gorgeous, like ball gowns and dance costumes and all of this stuff. And you want to separate that for yourself and just for the people who are watching because they're two different things. Like for instance, Dina Delicious is my drag persona and that is who I am when I hit the stage. But after I'm done with my numbers or once I'm all finished with that and I take that Dina face off, I'm back to being D. And so it's very important to have those separated because you don't want that to be one person because it's so dramatic. The drag Mm -hmm. transformation is so dramatic and there's so much that's to be offered. And that art piece is like no other. And I wouldn't wear that on a daily basis. So It'd be a lot of work. Oh my gosh. You're amazing on stage, by the way. Thank you so much. Oh I appreciate gosh. that. Definitely. I think it would be fun. You could get a group of people together again and come would, down to Lush. That would be cool. Absolutely. So where can people find you? I know Lush. Like Yeah. So I work at Lush as a full-time host. And so I host in 
their lounge and restaurant portion throughout the week. And then on the weekends is when I do my little transformation and become Dina. And so you can find me at Lush every single weekend. I'll be there. It doesn't mean I'll necessarily be in the shows. I am on Facebook as well, too, at um, Dina Delicious. You can find me on there. Uh, Social media, Instagram as well, too, is Dina Delicious. So a lot of it is put around my drag persona. Social media is really big for myself and communicating with people that way, unless I'm at a show or a function, because those are kind of like... My two big things, I'm at home or I'm at the club or I'm on social media promoting myself. I'm also on TikTok as well, too. I mean, I don't have anything fancy on there. I don't really, um, not really well versed with that, but also Dina Delicious. So that's kind of like my handle for all social media. And you can go ahead and follow me on that and just keep up with my life as well, too, and my transition and then being able to eventually come out and see me at a show. I think that'd be so cool. Absolutely. And there are so many other opportunities that we have to offer. We've got bingo on Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, We also have um, great events throughout the week as well, too. If you're ever interested in some good food, Betty and Earl's is their biscuit Mm. kitchen that uh, we have there as well, too. It's my passion, and that's what I do for my life and myself. It's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you're fantastic at it. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, I could not be more happy for you. You are absolutely in your right skin. Yes, definitely. And um, you are a bright light and so wonderful to talk to. Thank you so much for hanging out today. Oh my gosh, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 